Hey, Bingers. Hey, y'all. I'm Claire. And I'm Kelly. And this is Binge Me. We are so excited to be back and finally recapping the last two episodes of The Flight Attendant. Uh, Funny story, this is actually our second time recapping these two episodes. Uh, We had a little bit of technical difficulties and... Poor Kelly's audio got lost in the shuffle, never to be seen again. It was lost in the ether. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? We learned. And the last time we did this, it was amazing. So it's just going to be even better this time. Yeah. I kept telling myself last time was just like dress rehearsal. I think that was just more so to make myself feel better. But, you know. It was just a run through. It's fine. Yeah, it was just a run through. And I think it's... um, I'm still a little salty. It's okay. I think it's (laughs) a rite of passage that podcasters go through. And so now we have gone through it. We have persevered. We are back. We are recording backups upon backups. So we will never have this happen again. We got it out of the way early, so it doesn't happen again. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Um... You know what? And I also thought, too, if this makes you feel any better, Kelly, this is something that happened to us and it doesn't define us. Uh, Which is taken taken from flight attendant. But Uh, that also reminds me of Moana at the end when she's like, this does not define you. And she's talking to Tafiti. I know. Literally, we just watched it. I love Moana. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. It has taken my top spot. Really? Mm-hmm. What was what was your OG Disney movie? Oh, The Lion King. So has it my top OG. Lion King? Yes. Wow. Dang. Right? That's, that yeah. says a lot. Yeah. Moana is legit. I'm still a fan of Lady and the Tramp. I don't think anything can beat it, but I just like one. dogs, so, you know. Anyway... <laughs> Moving on, we are going to get back into the flight attendant recap now. Um, And honestly, we're just going to go ahead and say it. We were right. We are vindicated. I literally wrote vindicated in my notes. (laughs) Great minds think alike. Absolutely. Um, But Miranda wasn't the killer all along. She killed no one. Zero. In, in the show, I should say. She hasn't killed. So far. Wait, I'm sorry. Yes. Up until episode seven, she didn't kill any of the people we thought she did. She exactly. didn't kill. She didn't kill Alex, not even Sabrina or the FBI agent, which fooled me. I was for sure that Miranda killed the FBI agent. And Sabrina, really. I think it was how they edited Oh, yeah, they wanted us to think that. Mm Mm-hmm. They led us along. So, instead, uh, the killer was, and I think, Kelly, since you guessed it first, I'm going to give you the honors of saying who who it was. Dun-dun-dun! Buckley, a.k.a. Felix. (laughs) That creepy fucker. (laughs) He is a creepy fucker. He turned into one. Dead cat guy was really Mm -hmm. assassin guy and also dead cat guy. 
He was, yeah. Uh, he was always there. He was always mysteriously texting Cassie and showing up unannounced, so all the pieces made sense once they finally clicked. Absolutely. And for me, it clicked in the shower while I was washing my hair, and I thought, okay, well, if it's not Miranda, then it has to be Buckley because he's always there, especially when they were going to Alex's apartment and they just happened to run into him running down the street. I thought that was, like, super sketch. I thought that was super weird, too. Like, the texting parts I could understand if he was really into her. But right, I just thought he was thirsty. But then, like, yeah. the that fact that he really ran sketchy. into her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will say the one thing I was wrong about was that I thought he was the one who hit Max with the car, but it turned out to actually be just a high 17-year-old, so. Right. That it would have. I, I think it would have made it better if it had been him, but whatever. I thought it would have too. But I also have to say I love how we both came to this conclusion in the shower. Um, <laughs> because I too came to this conclusion in the shower. There's just something about the shower that... Deep thoughts. Yeah. And I think the hot water like helps your mind like relax and, you know, unravel all of these pieces. So And then you get to figure out who the killers are. Yep, yep. So we were right about that, and we were both right about Cassie feeling responsible for her dad's death, even though we both were a little bit wrong about how it happened, but... I was way wrong. You were dark. Yeah, it's the it's the Dateline in me. I watch too much Dateline. Mm-hmm. You're like Cassie. She watches too much Dateline. Yep. True crime does it to you. It will. But then... I have to say, you were also right about Shane having his own little secrets. I told you. I was waiting to find out what his secret was. Because, spoiler alert, Shane is with the CIA, which is the most, like, strangest thing of all of the secrets. It's very bizarre. I was not expecting that. I mean, I knew there was a secret, but CIA was nowhere on my radar. No, that wasn't even in my fathom of you know and it didn't come to me in the shower so Uh, didn't come to you in the shower (sighs) so yeah overall you know I think we we hit the nail on the head with the majority of you know our conspiracies conspiracies all right well let's go ahead and get into episode seven so we continue with Miranda taking Cassie down a dark, creepy alley, and Miranda ends up asking Cassie where the hell it is, aka the money, which is the two hundred million. That has to suck hungover because you know she is supremely hungover, and then all of a sudden she's got a gun in her face. Right. Well, she's hungover and she's going through withdrawal. She hasn't slept at a, a wink, maybe just like a nap here and there. Mm-hmm. I know she's she's not doing well. But, uh, but Cassie says to Miranda that she's just a flight attendant, and that's basically become her M.O. this entire show. Bless her heart. She may be crazy, she may be drunk, but she is just a flight attendant. <laughs> and, and she says she doesn't know anything. All she knows is she doesn't want to be killed by the woman who killed Alex and Sabrina. And it's at this point that Miranda reveals she didn't kill Sabrina or the FBI agent, or Alex. 
and I wrote, well, I guess she is a bad assassin. I mean, ripping up her assassin credentials. What is it? Her certificate? Yeah. (laughs) The noise you make when you rip a piece of paper. Uh, But Miranda thinks Cassie did it, and then it becomes this whole whodunit deal. So uh, Cassie says she didn't kill Alex, and finally Miranda realizes, oh, you really are just a flight attendant. And she says, we are so fucked. (laughs) Absolutely. That you are, Miranda. That you are. Um, So then they go to a bar, typical, and Miranda wants to know what happened in the hotel suite. But Cassie's like, "Uh uh-uh. No, no, no. You're going to tell me about you and Alex first. She is she is taking charge in this part, and I love it. Yes. She's, what's the word? Asserting herself. She is being assertive. Yep. And so Miranda tells Cassie that she and Alex met over drinks. So Miranda ended up complaining about her boss, Victor, and then shared about the smuggling operation. And it's it's at this point that it's revealed that Alex had no idea what was going on at all. He had a good heart. Oh, I know. He was a Boy Scout, as Miranda said. So his parents kept in the dark, him in the dark, so he didn't know a thing. And it breaks my heart that he was actually a good person because, like, I feel like if he if he had been rotten. It would have been easier for Cassie to, like, forget about him. But since he was good, it, it, it's going to be harder for her. Yeah, I agree. You know, he was just trying to do the right thing all along. And I think it also is, in a way, validating for Cassie because she had some good instincts about him and she had good vibes from him. And as we've seen, like, she's attracted to men who are not good for her but in this instance i think with alex he was a genuine genuinely good guy good guy still not good for her however let's recall the collection that he had in his apartment i i wrote down he's a boy scout but also weird things in his apartment like he also collects playboy and has a fuck ton of condoms and a mini polar bear so you know i mean He's creepy and's got some skeletons in his closet, but he's... But he wasn't smuggling. <laughs> no, he wasn't part of that. He had some weird kinky shit that he liked. I mean... I mean, do your thing. I don't want to kink shame or anything, but... Yeah. Do each a little their much. own. <laughs> yeah. But, but Cassie's intrigued and she keeps... Or, um, I'm sorry, she says, yeah, keep telling me how Alex was good And even Alex at one point is like, yeah, I want to hear how I was good too. And then we find out that Alex ended up hiding a bunch of his clients' money before flying to Bangkok. Uh, So that was his little heroic moment of like, I gotcha. I'm going to get you back. He was a hero. Wasn't it 200 million? Is that right? Yep. Yep. And I'm guessing it was from various clients, including Victor. Right. So... Finally, we see why Miranda was there with Cassie and Alex in Bangkok. Um, so Miranda's having this conversation with him, and Alex, you know, says he's really proud of what he's done. He doesn't want to be seen as a criminal like his parents. But at the same time, I don't think he fully realized what he had done and how much he put his life at risk. For sure. I don't think he thought it was as serious as it was going to turn out. 
Right. I don't think he foresaw him getting killed at the end of all this. Well, no. And you can tell when Buckley Felix goes to jump on top of him and he covers his face. Alex's eyes, Alex's eyes open super wide like he's super surprised. And he immediately tells Buckley where he wrote down the account numbers. He doesn't try to evade it. He doesn't try to say He just immediately is like, okay, 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 I'll tell you. So you can tell that he's um, a little shocked about the outcome, I think. I would say, yeah, at the very least shocked. <laughs> very least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely, like you said, you can see it in his eyes that he was not expecting this at all for him. It was, you know, I don't know if he felt like he was going to get away scot-free with it or and he even says like in a conversation with Miranda like I don't know what is going to happen next I'm just glad I did something maybe he thought his parents would get him out of it because his mother is frankly obsessed with him so maybe maybe he thought his parents would fix it for him I don't know that makes me think I would have really liked to see a showdown between Janet and Buckley Uh, and who would come out okay Oh, that's a hard one because we see how psychotic Buckley is after Alex gives him the location of the account numbers and Buckley pretends that he's not going to kill him. And then he's like, ah, I lied and slashes his throat. So, but also Janet is a beast. Yeah. I think she would just look at Buckley and he'd, she'd spite him With on her the spot. Away. <laughs> <laughs> I have smitten you, smitten you. Whatever. Do you want to be smited? <laughs> uh, but anyways, so yes. And then Miranda, we find out she was really only there to try to get the money for herself from Alex. She's in of it course. for the money, which I would be like, yeah, I want that 200 million. I want 200 million. Let's split it. Oh, you get a hundred million and you get a hundred million. And that's all we have. <laughs> I, I can live with $100 million the rest of my life. Thank you very much. Right? I'm good. Yep. Quit my job tomorrow. Yep. All right. So then Cassie asked, I'm sorry, uh, Miranda asked Cassie, how are you not dead yet? And I'm like, yeah, we don't really know either. It's a mystery. I literally wrote down, how is she not dead yet? I, know what, I think she just has super good survivor instincts. And I think that a lot of that comes from her past once we get into like what actually happened. Um, so I feel like that's a little bit part of it and she has good instincts. Yeah. She's also a defunct detective. Apparently she just, yeah, (laughs) she knows when things are going to happen and how to fix them, I guess. Yeah. It's either that or she's just super lucky. That too. I mean, she's got a good amount of luck on her side. And wait a minute. Maybe she has a rabbit's foot. How'd you know I was just about to say that? (gasps) Were you really? I kid you not. That's hilarious. Sisters. Sisters. I was about to say, (laughs) isn't a rabbit's foot lucky? This is too weird. We got to move on. We're not even in the same room, guys. No, we're telekinetically communicating (laughs) via Zoom. (laughs) Um, So anyway, then the question is asked, who killed everyone? And Miranda says her boss, Victor, could be behind it, and he used his pet psychopath, Felix, to kill Alex. And as we have said, Felix is Buckley. So Cassie doesn't know that at this point. No, she doesn't realize. But I did make a note. There are a ton of cat references in these last two episodes and metaphors. Excuse me. 
So, for starters, Felix, the name, is literally a cartoon cat, if you it don't is. remember. I didn't even yep. connect the two. Yep. Then uh, Buckley's nickname is Dead Cat Guy, as we've said, because he killed all those cats. Yeah, those cats that were hanging in the tree when he was a kid and he came home and he was like, oh, my cats. No, no, he killed them. He gutted them and hung them from the tree. Himself. Because like, he's a creep. It's bizarre. Um, and then also he compares Cassie to Catnip at one point. And I was like, these cat metaphors are getting way too much for me right now. <laughs> I didn't even connect the cat metaphors. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so then Miranda says Felix is probably looking for her right now. And I'm like, yeah, more so like he already has. And they're semi-dating. <laughs> kind of. <sighs> kind of. But then Cassie has an idea, but it's a bad idea. As usual. I feel like I don't even have to put the bad idea disclaimer in here anymore. Because if I Oh, say no. Cassie, she's the queen of bad ideas. Yeah. If she has an idea, it's going to be bad. <laughs> but then uh, Cassie... She texts Ani to meet her. Still going to call her Ani. 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 Um, and at this point, Buckley also calls. And he says they should run away together. And at first, Cassie's like, that's intense. But as we know, Buckley is intense. Well, true. Uh, and then secondly, she said she only calls him when she's drunk. And that's not good. So she is having these good realizations about her at least she's starting to and we can see that she's like coming to terms with like who she is and she's trying to make a change at least but she says to him that she needs to make different choices and thinks they should stop seeing each other which pisses him off and I wrote he gonna kill her ass (laughs) and he says to her I am a different choice and she's like no no I've literally been sleeping with you because I don't want to be alone right you gotta go and, and also, he's been acting drunk and like an alcoholic this entire time to get to her or to like mm-hmm. feel relatable to, trick to her. her. Yeah. But he hasn't. It's all been an illusion. So then Ani arrives and Cassie apologizes. She said she's sorry for everything, especially for Max. And Ani apologizes too. She says, I was just scared about Max, but I should have been there for you. And I'm like, yay, we're finally communicating. Yay, friendship. Friendships. Um, so, and like I said, we're starting to see Cassie own up to things that she's done. And I think she is trying to change her ways. She's trying to make amends. Character arc. Exactly. But then Miranda interrupts the, what she calls, lifetime movie week moment. So she ruins it. And Ani's like, oh, you're real. Because let's remember, Ani, after Max got hit and he was in the hospital, blew up at Cassie and was like basically telling her she was crazy and she didn't believe any of this and that Cassie had some PTSD and had basically gone off of her rocker. Right. I mean, obviously some things Ani knew Cassie wasn't making up, like the Unisphere stuff, obviously, because... Ani had Max look into it, but since that point, it didn't seem like anything Cassie was saying was making much sense, and 
also a lot of this stuff is so unreal and so unbelievable that I can see why Ani would think she was just suffering from PTSD. Like it was a total fever dream. Right. So Miranda tells Ani that she wants her to give her immunity and Ani's like, I can't just walk you into the FBI and expect to for me to protect you because you've killed people, you've committed all these criminal acts. And I mean, she's asking these questions to Miranda and Miranda's like, yep, I've done that. Yep, I've done that. Yep, I did that five minutes ago. <laughs> and then at one point she goes, oh yeah, yesterday. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, and so also, if you remember, Ani has quit the law firm, so she doesn't have their backing anymore. But then she says, you know what? I'm going to figure something out because I'm a motherfucking lawyer. And I was like, yes, you are, Ani. You are going to do it. She's a badass bitch. She is. Um, and so here's the plan. Miranda and Cassie are going to go to a hotel and wait while Ani makes some calls. But I'm just going to let everyone know right now. There are a lot of plans in these next two episodes, and they do not go according to plan at all. Not one of them. There's like three plans, and they all go miserably. Um, and it starts because Miranda says, fuck that plan. Uh, she tells Cassie to come run away with her and get out of the country. And she uses this idea that Ani could be killed by Victor if he finds out. So Cassie is motivated to kind of protect Ani, she ends up lying, um, and heads off with Miranda. So now we are with uh, Megan. Remember Megan? Oh, Megan. Our corporate corporate espionage Except queen. we find out it's not just corporate espionage. She has been selling secrets to the North Korean government. Yikes. That's a bit larger scale than we expected. And you can tell as soon as she hears that, she was like, what? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. She thought it was just a rival company. Right. And she finds out because, um, if you remember, her husband started having computer issues last episode. So she calls Bill to check in, and Bill says they think there's spyware on his computer. And that's when they both realize, like, really, she does. The jig is up. Mm -hmm. She's got to come clean. Okay, I want to ask you about this because Bill says they do government contracts from time to time. And if there are so many confidential files on his computer, why is he letting her use his computer? Oh, yeah, that would never be allowed in the real world. Like, <clears throat> I worked for uh, Humana TRICARE, and my clearance level was so high, it was ridiculous. Like, I basically worked for the DOD, and you could not talk about bring anything home nothing that would not have been allowed yeah that's what i was going to ask is how was he even allowed to bring it home in the first place mm -mm. that's just one of those plot points mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm like if she had asked just let her use her own computer or freaking buy her one because you've got money yeah right she has all that money at the chicken's ass she could have bought one of those true so then Bill asks point blank if she did this, and Megan says, I just want the best for us, and then says, I know you would never do anything to hurt me. Oh, that pissed me off. It's such a form of gaslighting. It absolutely is, and it makes you think that she's going to let her husband take the fall for this, because they are looking at him thinking that he did this. 
I absolutely thought she was in this instance when she said that she would make him feel like he had to take the fall for it and mm-hmm. she could go scot-free. But she ends up turning around. Um, so I'm glad she, she changed her mind before that happened. All right, so now we're back with Miranda and Cassie and they've arrived at a church of all places. Uh, but Cassie gets a call from Davy. He's checking in on her because the last time they talked... He, uh, I'm sorry, Cassie was in the jail and he asks if he should come out there, which I would just go if I were Davy. Yeah, but I think because of the last time they were together, which was just a, a couple days previous, they had such a falling out and such a huge blow up. I can see why he would be hesitant to just go. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, he definitely wants to give her her space you know and and she even said on that call like no I can take care of myself so he's maybe trying to listen to her a little bit but still as you know as a sibling I feel like that impulse to just go and help you know when I'm needed right Um, but then this moment is ruined because Miranda hangs up the phone and says you don't get to say goodbye and then they end up going to an alcohol anonymous meeting This bitch took her to an AA meeting. Of all places. And Miranda doesn't even know Cassie's an alcoholic. She has no idea. No clue. But the reason that they're there is because the person leading it is the one who can get them into hiding. And Cassie does not want to be there. She is not handling this well. She's not handling it well at all. Because now Alex is starting to appear outside her head. So it's not even that she's like going into her little mind room with him. He's out and about in the world. Like all the people she sees look like Alex. Yes. And then he asks if she wants to speak up and she says she's not an alcoholic. And I'm like, she is still in denial about being an alcoholic after everything. I think that's like point one of alcoholism is like you don't think you're an alcoholic but and I mean she's been in denial this whole time like you said it a a couple episodes ago the fact that she got back into bed with a dead man did nothing to like Mm -hmm. make her feel like she had to change anything that didn't do it the the scene where she got drunk with Buckley and ended up you know, smashing that horse into the car didn't do anything. And even in Ani this moment, straight up calling her an alcoholic didn't do anything. No, she denied it then too. But, you know, at the same time, I think she knows internally she is. She's just trying to avoid having the conversation because it was, it's going to bring up a lot of pain and resentment from her past. Well, her whole life is about avoidance. Right. And, and she's also... As she's having this like conversation, she with Alex, she's getting like super anxious being there. She's jittery, her knee is shaking, her whole body ends up shaking. Eventually, she starts seeing dead people everywhere. She's having a legit panic attack. Yeah, she's having a breakdown. So, needless to say, Cassie draws a lot of attention to herself, and she says she's not supposed to be there, which I think is what perhaps a lot of people who suffer from alcoholism feel like that they're not supposed to be there Mm -hmm. so then Cassie shares that she's not an alcoholic but her dad may have been 
And it looked like for a second that she would start opening up, but instead she just runs away because she can't face it. <laughs> Cannot stand him. My headphones are dead. Thanks a lot. I'm going to leave that in there. <laughs> Husbands. Uh, but yes, so she's running away. She doesn't want to be in AA. And then she ends up getting blocked in the hallway by a giant rabbit that's in her own mind. Massive rabbit. But it looks real. It did. It looked strangely real. You're like, oh shit, there's a rabbit. But mm-hmm. it's not a real rabbit. It's not. And now she just looks like a mad woman running around the church. She has fucking lost it. She's like running across the aisleways and down the hallways. It kind of reminds me of like in Scooby-Doo when they would run into the door and then come out a different door a little bit. <laughs> she's she's acting a little bit like that. Um, but then we finally get the scene. The scene. The one that we've all been waiting for. What happened to Cassie and her dad? We finally. finally see it. Finally. So here's what happened. They were driving in the car. They were drinking. And as expected, there was a car accident. So her dad died. But also a lot of other people died. There were like three or four cars in that accident. Right. And that's where she was getting the dead people's faces from that she flashed on in the AA meeting. Exactly. So it's really awful. And uh, after it happened, a rabbit hopped up to her. And so that's where you had said rabbits are a negative connotation for her. And that's why. Mm-hmm. So then she ran away and no one knew she was there. She never told anyone that she has, was in the car when her father wrecked. That's the scene in the very beginning of the series when we see her running with blood running down her face. It's because she was in the truck with her dad, and she never tells anyone. No, she didn't tell her mom. She didn't tell her brother. She kept it all to herself this whole time, and I was like, that's, that is that's so heavy. so heavy. Could you imagine Ugh. being, she, she's what, 12, 10, 11 maybe? And yeah. just having that on your conscience for the rest of your life, no wonder she's so fucked up. And I mean, she's telling all of this to Alex in her head right now, but she's saying that um, she feels like it's her fault because she and her dad were drinking buddies and he only drank like that around her. Which you and I both know that's not true. Absolutely not. She was just a baby, you know? If, I'm sure he drank like this literally all the time. He was an alcoholic. Right. And this could have happened whether she was there or not. And she, he was honestly the adult and should have been the adult in this situation taking care of her. And he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she she feels responsible for her dad's death and all the other people who died. So to cope, she acted like it never happened. And it's the same situation with when she found out what happened to Alex, which I think is why all these memories started resurfacing for her after Alex died is because it kind of triggered her. That makes sense. And this is also the reason why she runs from everything, but she... 
ends up deciding she doesn't want to anymore. And I think this whole scene that we see of this memory is super carthotic, carthotic? cathartic <laughs> for Cassie. I mean, because between flight or fight, she's been in this flight mode and mentality her whole life. I mean, she's literally a flight attendant. She's uh, always on the run. Yep. Well, and she literally ran from the scene of the accident. So that was like her first flight. True. I mean, she's always on the run. She's always traveling. But now she's kindly, kind of finally taken a step back and deciding that she's going to fight and she's going to not run away anymore, which is a turning point for her. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, uh, Max is awake. He's Yay! awake. Yay. He's not dead. And the first thing Ani says is, you were hit by a car, you fucking idiot. <laughs> love you too. And she does profess her love for him, finally. He does. She says she loves him, and he says it back, and it's a romantic comedy now. But she says not we're not really. going to make a whole thing of it. Yeah, she says, don't ruin this cute moment. But I am really glad that he's okay. Oh, I was me worried too. about him. I didn't want him to die. Um, but So then Max asks how Cassie is, and Ani gives him the deets on what's going on and how Cassie is MIA. And Ani thinks that Cassie is just trying to save her own ass, but Max says she's maybe trying to protect you. And this is why I really like Ani and Max together. I feel like Max helps put things into perspective for her. Oh, yeah, they're total opposites. He's like the yin to her yang. So I think he kind of gives her perspective. Yeah, and I think he helps ground her, too, in a lot of ways, you know, which is good in a relationship. Like, if you are frustrated about something, it's always good that someone can offer another perspective or another person's point of view for you. So I feel like it's good in this instance that, that he did that. But then... Ani decides to go to the spot where Max was hit by the car so she can find the Hello Kitty flash drive. Mm. So that'll come up later. All right, so now Cassie tells Miranda uh, she's not going to hide, and Miranda admits, like, look, you've gotten this far, but Felix is going to catch up to you, and Miranda doesn't want to see her dead. Which is a juxtaposition for Miranda, because... We know that she's an assassin, but now she suddenly cares about Cassie and what happens to her. Right. It is so weird because, I mean, you and I have, like, speculated it from the beginning, but Miranda is supposed to be the one who has been the quote-unquote killer the whole time. And so now to see Miranda as more of, like, this friend to Cassie is a little bit strange but at the same time I kind of like it I like that Miranda's forming this a little protective attachment Mm -hmm. to Cassie and I feel like it's making her a little bit more human (laughs) I just fell over (laughs) we're just gonna move you over here you know Kelly dropped me I did I have these weird headphones plugged in I think you accidentally muted yourself oh sure that's, that's cool. Unmute. There we go. Hey, we're back. We're back. Um, okay, so 
Miranda, you know, says she doesn't want to see her dead. But Cassie ain't no fool. She knows Miranda wants that money. Who wouldn't? It's $200 million. We've already talked about it. We want that money. (laughs) So then they start forming a plan. But we all know how plans go, and it won't be well. Um, So Miranda says... Alex would have put the money into an encrypted account and he would have written it down. But it's not in a ledger. It's not in a notebook. It's in the crime and punishment book. It's in the book. All along, it was in the book this whole freaking time. So we just thought that the book was like a funny little, the name was going to be important. But the whole book itself is an Easter egg. Exactly. And that's something else I really like about this show. Like, every little detail is important. And it makes you pay super close attention to everything. And you still miss shit. Yeah, I've watched some some of the episodes, most of them, twice. And I still picked up on stuff the second time that I missed the first time. And I'm sure there's stuff that I missed if I had, you know, if I were to watch it a third time. I'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Exactly. So, Yeah. I love how just every small little thing is super significant or at least like a little bit significant later on in future episodes. So then uh, Cassie and Miranda go to Ani's apartment to try to find the book. And the first thing Miranda points out is that open shower. Because it's weird. Uh, It is weird. And I'm like, thank you. Someone else finally realizes how weird it is. Well, and Cassie says that Ani likes to shock people. So. Right. Open shower it is. Yeah. I guess that's what people do if they want to shock and awe you (laughs) in the apartment. I don't know. Um, But then they find the accounts and the encryption codes in the book next to the words. Would not one tiny crime be wiped out by thousands of good deeds? So you really get this sense that Alex was having this hero moment and he was just trying to do good. Yep. I like the line, sometimes a little stealing can be good. Exactly. Um, well, if you thought we were in the clear, we're not because someone is trying to break in. And it's Buckley, a.k.a. Felix. And if you remember... Buckley knows where Ani lives because Cassie took him there when she went to apologize to Ani after they had been day drinking all day. I know. So he knows exactly where to look for her. Um, But thankfully, Cassie, you know, she has a good sense to at least lock the door so he couldn't get in right away. And then they end up escaping uh, down the fire escape. And then they have to jump across the building, which they kind of freak out about. But I was like, that's not even that large. Like, I've seen worse in Mission Impossible. (laughs) Miranda freaks out more than Cassie. And you would think that being an assassin, she does shit like this often. But no, she's not good at that either. You would think that she has experience, perhaps, in physical feats of this (laughs) nature. (gasps) I want her to have, like, ninja skills. I know. And even, like... Cassie went and jumped first and then Cassie turned and she was like you didn't jump and Miranda was like I didn't know we were jumping right now (laughs) I need a moment um but then freaking goddamn Miranda dropped the book of course she dropped the book she had one job she's a bad assassin she's a bad book holder absolutely 
And then uh, while hiding, Miranda starts sharing more about Felix and says, everyone at the boy's home he grew up in was freaked out because he gutted a bunch of cats and hung them from a tree. And Cassie's like, oh shit, where have I heard this story before? I know him. It's Buckley. She looks around the corner and she sees him. Her mind is blown. He looks super creepy too. Oh yeah. He gets way creepier once you realize who he is. He's not sweet and nice anymore. Also, spoiler alert, he's British, which is weird. Yeah. He definitely covered up his accent pretty well. Oh, for sure. Also, I was thinking about, you know, if if everyone was so freaked out about what he did to the cats, why did nobody get him any help? Yeah. He, he was failed by the system. He was. The system failed him. He definitely needed, like, some therapy. It's one of those situations where, like, the resources and the support wasn't available, which I get, but he definitely needed some assistance. Yeah. Harming cats in your youth is like a precursor to murder. <laughs> right. To being a serial killer. Listen to Dateline, y'all. They'll tell you the same. This reminds me of that uh, documentary, which I haven't seen, but it's uh, Don't Fuck With Cats or something. I haven't seen that either. And I want to. I think it's about internet predators, right? Well, I think this... Okay, I could totally be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but um, I feel like it's about this this person who, you know, was either a serial killer or, or definitely killed some people, and people on the internet figured it out because they were upset that he had killed cats. Mm, I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was about internet predators. I mean, it could be. But I thought Who the knows? whole reason why he this person got caught was because they killed cats. Hmm. We will let you know next time we meet who was right. <laughs> yeah, somebody hold me accountable. I could I could totally be butchering the entire premise of this documentary. But anyway, so Miranda and Cassie end up running into a convenience store. And Cassie drinks a beer straight out of the fridge, which I'm like, she shouldn't do that. But I understand in this case, it's a lot to deal with. Stress reliever. Right. And I love how Cassie in her head at this point, she starts tearing down posters of Buckley from the walls and she yells, motherfucker psychopath. She's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> She's done with him. Um, and then she tells Miranda, hey, so the guy who's trying to kill me is the guy who I've been sleeping with. And I'm like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I would lose my mind. Like, oh. How creepy. Like, I, I know I keep saying creepy, but it's super fucking creepy. It is creepy. Anyway, so they decide to try to trap him. And this might literally be their worst idea ever, or at least Cassie's. Uh, but here's the plan. Keep in mind, none of this goes to plan. Of course not. Cassie is going to work her flight to Rome, and Miranda will be on the flight too. When they get to Rome, Cassie is advised to stay in a group so Felix can't get her alone and to also leave an extra hotel key for Miranda. Then Cassie needs to get out of the hotel quickly with some other people while Miranda slips into her room ahead of Felix and kills him when he tries to break in. But none of none of that happens. Of course not. Of course not. It's a horrible plan. It is. But everybody's in, you know? 
Cassie's in. Even Alex is like, yeah, fuck that guy. Let's catch a killer. So they're going to catch a killer. All right. That is the end of episode seven. Did you have any other notes? Nope. That's it. Cool. So episode eight is the finale. We've made it. So they have a plan for Felix, but what about Victor? So Miranda finds out he's still in New York City. She gets the address and time he's meeting his driver. Then she ends up leaving Cassie in the process, and this is not going to go well for their plan. No. And Cassie's like, what am I supposed to do now? And Miranda's like, I just have to go run a quick errand. Yeah, I like how she calls killing Victor just a quick errand. She's like, I'm just going to pop in and do this real quick, and then I'll be back. Yeah, she's like, I got to go pick up some groceries. I've got to get my car washed. Spoiler alert, she fucks that up too. Uh, She kind of does, but also doesn't. Anyway, so then meanwhile, we're back with the FBI agents, and they have found Cassie's print on the broken bottle, which means they know she was there after Alex died. And Van thinks it's in the bag. But Kim is still suspicious and thinks there's more to it. So her, like, spidey senses are tingling. Because she knows what she's talking about. She's been doing it for way longer. Right. I mean, she has way more experience than him. I mean, at one point, she tells Van he needs to get out of her face and not belittle her instincts. And I was like, yeah, damn right. She's been there way longer than you, and you need to respect her, but... Obviously, he learned nothing from their talk. Of course not. But also, they finally find out their FBI was killed. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Like, I, put, I wrote, oop. Yep. It took them long enough. Well, Van kept thinking that their FBI guy was just not doing his job well, not checking in. But if you have an FBI agent following someone who you think might be killing people... And And then all of a sudden he goes quiet. Yeah. You need to be a little bit more suspicious about that than just brushing it off your shoulder. Anyway, so then um, Megan and Cassie are on the flight to Rome. They have a little tiff and quote unquote toxic energy, as Jada puts it. Jada cracks me up. She cracks me up too now. I mean, I think at the beginning I was like a little turned off from her, but... In this scene, I've changed my mind. I've done a 180, and now yeah, I, I didn't like her at first. But imagine having to work with these people. Like they're a lot. Oh, I know. I was watching this, and I'm like, oh, they're a lot to watch. So I understand how you feel, Jada. Also, Jada's uh, one who we don't ever like see if she has anything dirty on her. Yeah, maybe, maybe next season we'll see. Maybe. But Alex asks uh, why Megan is so tense, and we obviously know why but Cassie Cassie being the wonderful person that she is says who gives a shit also there was a part where Cassie was like why do you have so much extra luggage oh yeah so Megan gets on Cassie's ass for taking bottles the little mini bottles of vodka and she's like we're not supposed to drink those you know it's against the rules And Cassie says something about how having your baggage be over the weight limit is against the rules, too, too, but you don't see me saying anything. So it makes you wonder, like, hmm, why does Megan have extra baggage? What is she up to? 
but I mean, Cassie is also tense and I think acting this way because Miranda is nowhere to be seen. She hasn't arrived yet. Um, and then Alex implies, well, what if Miranda is already dead? I mean, she isn't, but which freaks Cassie out more. Right. So we see Victor getting into his car as planned and Miranda arrives, uh, knocks out the driver and then assaults Victor. And you would think that Victor would have more security being like this big wig guy that he is, but no, just one dude. Right. Because I have to think like there must, I feel like there are a lot of people who might want to kill Victor and he should protect himself a little bit more. Yeah. He's obviously not a good guy. He obviously is super shady. Um, But then we find out that Victor did have Felix kill Alex. And then the scene plays out of Felix killing Alex, which I found so terrifying. Yeah, that was disturbing. It was. It was such a, like, cat and mouse thing. And I felt legitimate fear for Alex. And especially, like, knowing what was going to happen to him, I felt even worse. But then uh, dumbass Felix killed Alex before he could confirm where the book was. So another bad assassin. Mm-hmm. And then Victor and Miranda end up having a face-off, a good old duel, if you will. He shoots her in the leg and she shoots him in the chest. So she kind of so wins. Victor's dead. He did. And she gets the book. But, but then for good measure, she runs over the bodies. <laughs> the thunk. The thunk. She did a double tap, like in Zombieland. Love that movie. I do too. Um, so then Cassie and Shane also make amends. Yay! Yay! I love that. And he was so nice. He was like, I totally understand, but I just needed a break after the funeral. Right. And that's understandable. And he's like, we're good. I love you. We're good. Plus, these other bitches are crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and I need you. But then Miranda doesn't make it to the flight because she's bleeding out in the airport. She just goes to the airport. Like, no one's going to see her bleeding from a gunshot on her leg. And it's like, everyone's crowded around her like, ma'am, are you okay? And she's she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I have to make this flight. And they're like, no, 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 you need assistance. We can't let you get on this flight. So this plan has already gone to shit, as we can see. Um, Okay, so meanwhile, Kim is still reviewing the case because she knows something is fishy. So she looks back and sees Cassie said uh, during their initial interview with her, a hotel waiter came in and he gave us very strong liquor. But come to find out, only uh, female employees were working on Alex's floor the night that he died. Twist. Twist, exactly. Um, So then Ani arrives, which Kim's like, how the hell did you get in here? I guess they just let anyone in here now. (laughs) But let's remember, she also has like a guy at the FBI. So maybe that's how she got in. True. Good point. Good point. I forgot about that. Um, But then Ani drops off the Hello Kitty flash drive and the mother load. She's got client lists. She's got financial records. There's forged flight manifest there's a folder with dead people there's literally everything everything basically ani sacrificed her career to save cassie so i think she deserves a freaking medal snaps yep 
But then Ani recognizes footage from the Bangkok Hotel on Kim's screen, and she sees and recognizes Buckley. So, son of a bitch, they got him. They got him. Got him. Got him. But also, they find out he went to Rome. So, yikes. Shit. (laughs) Um, Also, I was going to ask, wasn't the footage wiped? The hotel footage? It was. So... That might just be another plot point, or it could be that they like they had footage of him before the footage was wiped. Who knows? I was thinking it could either be footage before, or somehow maybe they figured out how to recover the file. Possibly, but then they would have seen Cassie too, so... Mm, true, true. Yeah, maybe it was before and he was just like getting set up. And I also have to say that between Ani and Kim, I really like this duo i mean they're like two strong ass women they're not gonna take shit from anyone and i'm like yeah we don't need you anymore van they are quite the dynamic duo bye van (laughs) bye um and i was thinking if ani is out of a job she should maybe look into joining the fbi well we'll discuss something else later that happens to make that seem like not such a stretch true Okay, so then Cassie arrives in Rome, and still nothing is going to plan at all. She's not staying in a group. And who happens to be in the airport when she gets there? Fucking Buckley. Felix. Creepy McCreeperson. And he was in a very, very dapper suit. Yeah, why was he dressed like that? That hat, just a weird hat. Was he trying to disguise himself? Because he was a little too flashy. It was very flashy. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And also, we talked about this, but he is getting creepier by the second. Oh, absolutely. His face, when she sees him in the airport, mm, I didn't like it. Mm -mm. He's like a whole different person. He's got like this cold sweat grossness to him. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Um, But Cassie actually has a pretty good idea, I thought, to get out of this. She goes up to him and pretends like he's attacking her. Very smart. It was super smart. And um, eventually, like, Megan ends up even cooperating her story. Like, well, Megan is such a good friend. Um, Okay, so now Miranda is on a different flight to Rome. Because, you know, there's no gunshot in her leg or anything. What the hell? I guess they bandaged her up there and didn't take her to the hospital and there's no questions about why she has a gunshot in her leg just bandaged her up and let her go yeah they just let her catch the next flight to rome um but i have to say like miranda doesn't even have to be doing this you know she has the book she's killed victor she could just take the money and run but she's trying to be selfless and help cassie because she does feel anxious about her safety, and I think Cassie's really grown on her, as Cassie has grown on all of us, I would say. Mm-hmm. Miranda seems like she's being a little motherly. She does. It's a little bit of like a mother-daughter uh, dynamic that we have going on here, so I really like that. She's trying to perhaps be a good person, even though we know Miranda's not doesn't necessarily do good things because she's an assassin. She is trying to, I think, be a good person mm-hmm. in this situation. So then we get to the scene where Megan and Cassie, they reconcile and, you know, they're, they're apologizing to each other. Um, and then Cassie ends up just telling Megan the truth, like all the way from 
when it started in Bangkok. And then she ends up prodding Megan to tell her what's up. And she's like, I can handle it. After everything I've been through, nothing surprises me anymore. And Megan's like, well, boy, do I got a story for you then. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And Cassie was like, well, I was not expecting that no. at all. Um, and also wanted to say that, again, I was right because Megan was asking about the FBI because she was just worried about herself. Right. She wasn't trying to throw anybody under the bus. Right. And then we start getting this whole background on how the corporate espionage stuff started. So a man ended up approaching her at one of the conferences she and Bill were at. And, you know, at first it just started with like a few little pictures, like a download a file or two there. But then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just like got totally out of hand from Megan. Yeah. And I can, I get it. Like she wants to be seen. Um, Being a wife and a mom is really hard and it can, you know, kind of be a thankless job sometimes. Um, So that secret that she had kind of gave her life excitement. It gave her something to do that was just hers. Yeah. I was going to ask if you like felt empathetic toward Megan and her yeah situation. I did a little bit but I mean you know what she did was obviously wrong but she was just feeling left out of her life I think and I felt that way too like I don't condone what she did at all and I don't think that she should have done it but I I can understand it from her perspective and her point of view because she does admit feeling invisible and even like feeling invisible from her son so to have this one thing that only she knew about made her feel amazing. But uh, eventually, like, it wasn't a good idea because now she's lost her family. Mm-hmm. I also made a note that I feel like Megan and Cassie, like, their d- dynamic almost feels like the popular girl being Cassie versus, like, the non-popular girl and kind of befriending in some ways. Because Megan really does idolize Cassie and look up to her, but Cassie's like, she even said like in that moment, I'm just now realizing you're my friend, but they've right. been friends Which for a while. Which is really, does she have to say that? She could have just kept that to herself. Poor Megan has thought that they were best friends for all these years. And then Cassie comes out and says like, oh yeah, I realize now that we really are friends. Like, okay, thanks a lot. And to to realize that Megan already like said she feels invisible doesn't it's not good to not at all. to to say that um but also i think Megan and Cassie are very similar people because they're first off both super resourceful women but then they also make these detrimental choices mm-hmm. um and i think at this point the only difference i'm seeing now is Cassie is trying to like we said fight versus Megan is trying to flee. Then we see that Miranda has finally arrived in Rome and she goes to Cassie's hotel. So she gets in the elevator, but Felix is right behind her. Of course he is. And she didn't even flinch. She's like, I'm harder to kill than a bunch of cats and a sleeping man. (laughs) A bunch of cats. (laughs) And then they have like this showdown. I'm like, yeah, let's do this fight. So they have this crazy fight scene in the elevator, and she does put up a few good punches, but then he ends up knocking her unconscious. So then 
Cassie goes to the bar. She frequents with the Italian bartender dude named Enrico. 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 And she tells him she needs to find a gun because she wants to protect herself. So he takes her to find his grandfather's gun. And while Cassie's waiting outside, his grandmother comes out and talks to her. And this is this like huge turning point for Cassie. Like, it took a wise Italian grandmother to finally get through to her. I wrote that down, too. It took an old lady to make her realize her issues. Yeah. Old lady, wise Italian grandmother, it's the same outcome. Mm -hmm. But the grandmother talks about how adults make mistakes, and it's sad when children repeat all our same mistakes. And Cassie's like, well, how do you live with other people's choices? And she's talking about her dad at this point. And the grandmother tells her who has the space to carry other people's choices oh my heart it was such good italian wise grandmother advice (laughs) (laughs) like you you can't control the actions of others and what they do and the choices they make aren't on you all you can control are your own choices so i feel like this was really like a breath like a weight was lifted from cassie at this point Yeah, it finally resonates with Cassie that things that her father did were not her fault. Right. And so it's at this point that she decides that she's not going to blame herself for what happened anymore. So she ends up going back into the memory from when her dad died. But this time she talks to her younger self and she tells her that it's, it's not your fault and this will not define who you are. And I just felt like that was such a powerful moment. It really was. And, I mean, we mentioned this in our first recap, but the rabbit, you know, is this symbol of finding strength within. And I really feel like that's what Cassie is doing in this moment. Well, she's healing herself from within. She is. And, you know, we all have these moments where we wish we could go back and tell our younger selves things that we know now that, you know, as we get older, we become wiser and I feel like that's what she's maybe doing in this instance And also, she's, like, facing her trauma head-on so that Mm -hmm. she can come out the other side and and be at peace, so. And then she leaves the alcohol behind, so she's on a new path for life. Okay, so also then Cassie has a conversation with Alex in her head for what I think is the last time, and it was kind of like her, her goodbye to him. So she said she feels like she finally knows him, And she's still in love with him, but... Which is a little weird, but whatever. It is. But Alex says that it wasn't really him she was falling in love with. And then she cuts him off before he can finish. But I think he was going to say she was learning to love herself. Which makes sense, because Alex is really just a figment of her imagination in her head. So if she's falling in love with him, she's falling in love with herself. And Alex arrived because he did bring up this traumatic past... But now that she's accepted it and forgiven herself, she doesn't need him around anymore. So he has kind of served his purpose for her. All right. Now we are at the climax of the finale. So we get back to Cassie's hotel room. And I am on the edge of my seat at this point. Because you know some shit is about to go down. You know something's going to happen. So Enrico leaves her in the room alone to get a drink. And I'm like, no, don't leave her. Don't go. 
And then Cassie finds Miranda in the bathtub and Felix looming above her. Why? Why did she pull back that shower curtain? I think if horror movies have taught us anything, it's do not pull back the shower curtain. No, if you see what looks like a shoe sticking out of the bathtub in the corner of your eye, you pretend like you didn't see anything and you walk calmly out of the bathroom and you freaking run. You skedaddle. Yeah, but she doesn't, so... Uh, then Felix traps her in the room, and he's just, like, toying with her at this point. Again, he's so fucking creepy. He's a legit psychopath. Exactly. But then Enrico comes back, and then Felix stabs him. Oh, poor Enrico. That face on Enrico when he got stabbed, he was just, like, so innocent. He just looked so, like, dejected. Like, oh shit. He was like, <laughs> ugh. Also, okay, I do have to say, FYI, he doesn't die. He's going to be okay. Enrico lives. He does. But also, getting stabbed is on my list of worst ways to die. I don't want to do it. Yeah, that would suck. A lot. I hate it. Knives? Ugh. Also, drowning. My mind just went blank on what my worst (laughs) way to die would be. Hmm. I don't know. Falling? Plane crash, maybe? I was going to say, we've seen many ways to die in this show. So you could get a slit throat. You could fall from a tall building. You could get stabbed. You could die in a fiery plane crash. You know, all those things. Yeah, all terrible. I think I would rather, like, I mean, not like there's any great way to die, but, like, maybe getting hypothermia wouldn't be so bad because then you just, like, are numb. And you can't feel anything. Maybe. Or just dying of old age. Yeah, that'd be great. Just like, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil when it's my time. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then this is when Felix shares that he created this whole character to get Cassie um, and he pretended to be drunk. And then we see scenes of him having followed her this entire time, like all the way from the beginning with the flight to Bangkok. He was His there. His ass was everywhere everywhere he was like seen on their date he followed her home i mean it's if you go back you definitely if you haven't seen it you have to go back and watch it because it's crazy and i mean he was there when sabrina died um like at the scene of the crime afterward like lurking in the background well because he killed sabrina and the fbi guy right i mean i know he was there that night but the next morning oh yeah when they were at the crime scene like he was still there it's wild and meanwhile while all this is happening i'm i'm shouting at the screen like get the freaking gun get the gun right Why are like we not she getting went the gun? to get this gun and she put enrico's life at, at risk and then she just doesn't do anything with the gun she doesn't but you know what she does fight like hell um because she ends up getting the knife that he, beckley drops when he's choking her and then she stabs him in the leg and then she does finally pull the gun on him which felix thinks she's not gonna do it and then she looks at him like bitch i hunted deer at 12 i know what the fuck i'm doing but you would think that she would have had better aim because she does only shoot him in the leg and if she was hunting with her dad all the time 
I, I don't know. It just confused me, and I would have thought she would have had better aim. Maybe it's because she's freaked out. I don't know. No, I think you make a good point. Because also, she was in very close proximity to him. They were super close. It wasn't like she was, you know, sniping him. They weren't in a suite. It was a hotel room. Right. Um, but you know who does come in and shoot him to save the day? Shane. Shane with the save. Ah, Shane. Shane, our Lord and Savior, Shane. He came out of nowhere. He really did. But I think when Kim started making phone calls, when she realized that Buckley had gone to Rome, I think somehow he was informed through those phone calls. That makes sense. That's a good perspective. I more so thought that maybe Shane just heard the gun go off. And he was like, oh, I should probably go check that out. That too. But he looked like he wasn't confused when he walked in. So I feel like your theory is maybe a little bit more spot on. Like he knew what was happening in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, then it's at this point that we find out Shane is with the CIA. So that's his dirty little secret. Um, And he was assigned to keep tabs on Megan, who has run away at this point. So he did not do a good job. No, he did not. He sees her running away, and he's like, oh, shit, where are you going? <laughs> Whoops, bye. Um, and then also, unfortunately, Felix is still alive. Ugh. I'm like, they should have gone for the head. Unfortunate. And then also, Miranda left. She's gone. She, she is vanished. gone in the wind. Into the night. Uh, but then, yes, so we see Megan, like we said, going into hiding. So she calls her son... And finds out Bill is sick in their room, saying it's a stomach flu. And I'm like, yeah, more like he's betrayed and heartbroken. Poor guy. I know. Her son was like, I think he's crying. And I was like, oh, poor Bill. (laughs) So uh, Megan tells her son to look in the ceramic chicken. And it's all the money, the flash drives, and a note that says she'll fix this. I wonder, like... At first, I wondered, where is she going to go? Like, she's in Rome. But then I remembered in the episode that Cassie sees her at the bar the last time they went to Rome, she had gone there because she was meeting with someone. And remember, Mm -hmm. Shane is like, who are you meeting with in Rome? Which makes sense now because CIA. But then why doesn't he know? Right. And also, like, at that point, I felt like it was still the corporate espionage slash now North Korean government people. But I'm uncertain at this Mm -hmm. point. Maybe she has other connections that we're unsure of. So I guess we'll, we'll find out perhaps, but she ends the call with her son by saying everything was beautiful and she loves them both. I felt so bad for her. She was like trying to get through that phone call through tears and And she didn't want her son to know i know but then she's gone she's like peace out she hops a train so now we are at the ending everything is wrapping up cassie goes back to new york city uh it looks like things have cleared up with the fbi then she sees davy and they make up she sees ani and they make up and even at, like, one point, um, she gets the Crime and Punishment book back from Miranda mysteriously. 
Miranda just like slips it in her pocket while she's having brunch with Ani. Mm-hmm. Sans money page, obviously. Miranda's not that nice. Right. But she was like, she was like, I thought you would need this more than me. So that was sweet. And I'm glad that Davy did go see her at the airport. Yeah, she when she gets back from Rome and she walks into the airport, he's just sitting there waiting for her. So that was a nice little scene. It was. And she, although I feel like she should tell him at some point what all has been happening. I'm sure she probably will. They have a lot of issues they need to work through. So I'm sure they'll sit down and have like a deep conversation. Uh, It just wasn't part of this episode. He's going to need to brace himself. For sure. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, Cassie, she's got a whole new lease on life. So... Things have gone back to normal or even getting better for her. So she started to go to AA and she's trying not to drink anymore. So she's she's making better choices. She got her first chip. She did. And then also she is being poached by the CIA to join their human asset program. So she'll get to do more of her spy work. Which I think is pretty cool. Even though she was kind of a demented detective. That's fine. <laughs> she was. <laughs> they have high hopes for her, I think. They do. Also, I googled human asset program, and now I feel like this oh, is you're like, on a list for sure. Yeah. Oh crap! Better not try and fly anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> but all that came up was the flight attendant, so you know, I'm sure you can't just Google stuff like this. You've been flagged, just like you can't Google rocket launcher codes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thing. No. Uh, And then, you know, it wraps up with her having one last visit in her head to all the rooms and, you know, places she's been. And she just seems finally at peace with everything. I do like that hotel scene a lot where she just walks through the rooms and she looks at everything and all the lights shut off behind her. It just feels like it's wrapping everything up. It is. And I love the song at the end and like her sitting there feeling empowered. The song is like, she can do anything. I'm like, yeah, she can do anything. She's Cassie, the motherfucking flight attendant. I liked that part, too, that you can do anything. I think that's a Sia song. So uh, the one thing that I would have liked to have maybe seen was what happened to Alex's parents or the clients, because the FBI has all this stuff on them now. But at the same time, I like the focus being on Cassie, because it is her story. And I think we're probably going to see some of that in the second season, because it has been renewed for a second season. So I think that um, they were probably saving that for next time. True. But yeah, I mean, ultimately I did like that it didn't end on any major cliffhangers. There were like a few teases of things here and there that'll make me want to watch a season two. But I like that it just was a happy ending. Mm -hmm. It's not normal for shows like this to end that way. So I liked it. No. So yeah, definitely liked how it ended. All right. Well, we made it. Yay. Yay, we did it. Um, so at this point in the episode, listeners, we, or bingers, I should say, we want to introduce the, what we are going to call the binge bar. And this is going to be our measurement of how much we enjoyed what we watched. It's our own little rating system. Our own little rating system. So it's going to be on a scale of one to 10. So one is hated it. Do not recommend. Uh, wish I could get that time back at, and then 10 is love it. Can't sing its praises enough. I want to watch it again. 
so, so I'll go first and I'm going to give it a nine. And I only give it a nine because some things, like we said, came too way, way too easy. Like those plot points were a little fumbled, I think. But otherwise, I really loved it. I loved, I loved the cast. Kaylee Cuoco was amazing, but it, I mean, the entire cast was fantastic. I felt like the writing was super on point and funny. I liked the overall plot and I felt like it moved at a good pace and it kept you interested after each episode and I liked how it ended so that's why well I would also give it a nine um and that one point loss is again because of those plot points that kind of just moved the story along um however I really felt like it was something fresh and new that we haven't seen before uh so and again, the cast gave it just their all. They were really on point the entire show. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it and give it a nine. Absolutely. And as Kelly said, it has been renewed for a season two. Yay. So don't know when that's going to come out. You know, it'll probably be maybe sometime in next year. I'm imagining because you know, production time and with COVID, things have been delayed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely some things to look out for in season two, like we talked about. So Cassie, maybe join in the CIA. Uh, we'll hopefully get to find out where Megan is and how she's going to fix her mess. Maybe we'll see Miranda in her new life, living, living her $200 million life. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Felix will return which I hope doesn't happen. Ugh, but, but that guy. But yeah, that's the end of the flight attendant, guys. We did it <sighs> again. We did it our... <laughs> again. Yep, again. Um, and I'm really glad this was our first show that we recapped. I really liked it a lot. Same. So I'm sure you're all wondering, what's next for Binge Me? Uh, Kelly, do you want to tell the good people, what we're going to be recapping next. So for our next series, we are going to recap Bridgerton. Yay! I'm so excited to go from like this crime thriller into a period piece because I feel like it's a little bit lighter, more like fun hearted. Yeah, I'm excited and, too. And yeah. So if you haven't watched it, watch it so you can follow along with us when we recap. Yep. Yep. And I do want to make a quick schedule note so Kelly and I are going to uh, skip a week before we bring out uh, Bridgerton so this episode that we're recording now this is one is going to drop on February 22nd then we are going to be back on March 8th to recap I think like the first three episodes of Bridgerton yeah. is how we'll start but we're in, and so it'll give you more time to watch it all right well um you know, if you enjoyed listening to our podcast, you can also follow us on our Instagram at binge me podcast. And then you can, you know, continue to subscribe where you listen to podcasts to get all of our episode updates. And then you can even, you know, give us a rate and review if you feel so inclined, if you like us that much. And be nice. We're sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a long night, so we're going to sign off, uh, but we will binge you later. Binge you later. Bye. Bye.